You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You're goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. It's called Pirate Radio. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzberg. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of At The Diner, the flagship podcast here on The Great Geek Refuge. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am one of your hosts for this wonderful podcast, but I am joined by two regular co-hosts, and then we have a special guest host for you today. Uh, in co-host seat number one, you know him, you love him. He's got his own series of podcasts here on The Great Geek Refuge, other than being a co-host here at The Diner. Uh, the first one is called The Overflow with MC Brooks. The second one is uh, GGR Postgame, our sports-related podcast. He's also a wonderfully talented musician as well. Check him out on Bandcamp. His name is MC Brooks. Sony did not listen to me. <laughs> oh, as far as the Morbius say, thing? Yeah. yeah they, no. they did not listen. They're like, the kids are sharing memes. Let's put it back in the theaters and it's going to make $7. The, the worst part is Jared Leto himself put a video out reading a fake script for Morbius 2, which got people also riled up to, to potentially see it. So what you're saying is, is Jared Leto is tone deaf and doesn't understand how the internet works? No, Shocker. not Jared Leto. Yeah, Jesus. Ugh, gross. In co-host seat number two, um, you know him as well. You love him as well. Uh, he is incredibly talented when it comes to the visual arts um, and as far as digital, as far as like drawn by hand. The guy does some amazing stuff. In fact, I am going to pull it down for all of you wonderful people who are watching online. He made this. He gave this to me for my birthday. He's also incredibly knowledgeable about all things geeky, nerdy, movies, television, all those things. So much so that we refer to him as the professor. His name is James Rambo. I don't have anything clever to say right now. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> you don't have to. There you go. That, that's it. I, no... I, got some, I got something. Sonic fans don't deserve anything nice. That's it. <laughs> 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 I see. The, I see the video for this new game. It looks beautiful. Oh, I'm like, man. oh shit, that looks cool. And people are already being like, this game sucks. I'm like, yeah. what? Yeah. No. Next week's overflow. I have way more to say, but yeah. I'm excited. You don't, don't deserve anything nice. I'm quite excited just, about that. 
I, I don't understand the active dislike of things that you claim to like. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, we'll talk about that with Star Wars here. In a yeah, as I say, yeah. bro, every Sonic group I'm in right now echoes yeah. everything you guys have said about Star Wars posts and groups like over the years. Oh, yeah. It's and just constantly shitting on stuff just because it doesn't it doesn't look it's not it's not the thing you yourself are asking for. So yep. no one is no one. Is, no one should like it. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't do the thing we wanted, so it's terrible. Well, and I think we'll get into that with Halo as well when we discuss that. But before we do that, let's introduce our guest host for this week. Uh, she is a GGR contributor. She is a GGR editor. Uh, she is also incredibly talented when it comes to performing arts. She was a director of, um, I don't even want to mess this up. I know that you were, um, it was a children's theater there in uh, beautiful Toothless, Alabama. Um, that you were <laughs> the director of, um, but like, and, no. and the joke aside with Alabama, that's an incredible uh, accomplishment. But is that is that accurate that you were the director of the theater? So no, no, it's not. But thank you for the compliment. Um, I was the strategist for access, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and a teacher and director of plays ah, okay. and and playwright. So I did a lot of stuff, but I was not the executive director. That's a really hard job that I would not take. Okay. Well, thank you for the, for the clarification. But um, Mariah is a great writer. She's a great playwright. Uh, she's directed plays as well. She directed The Hitchhiker, which I happen to be the star of, um, on the, the GGR uh, playcast that we do. Um, she's also got her own podcast. It's called FedCon. Federation Conversations is all about Star Trek, but it's more than just Star Trek. It's about inclusivity and diversity. It's fantastic. Please welcome Miss Mariah Beachboard. Howdy, y'all. From Alabama. Woot, woot. Roll Tide. That's all I got. <laughs> I will I will say though, Rocket City, like y'all have the coolest nickname for your minor league baseball team and quite possibly the greatest logo. Rambo, I know you're not a huge sports fan, but have you seen this? Their minor league baseball team is the trash pandas. It's true. And we we as a we as a community chose that name. Um and the logo is a raccoon who's being rocketed off into space in his trash can. And, that is uh, a wonderful logo. I just looked it up. Yeah, yeah. See, I didn't That's realize that, yeah. I didn't realize that was a rocket that he was in. Um, I figured he had tried to turn the trash can into like a spacesuit. That's what that like when I looked at it the first time, I was like, ah, oh, he's built his own spacesuit out of a trash can. Good for him. That makes sense. Although in the context of rock, we have rockets everywhere in our city or like nerd town because. We build rockets here. So um, everyone here sees everything in the context of a giant phallus that goes into space. <laughs> that tracks. <laughs> yeah, and the, the actual mascot too looks phenomenal. Like the design of it is great. Yeah, we love them. I, yeah, I, I'm so excited about good design. I same. These all look awesome. <laughs> yeah, like they've been doing this thing as, as uh, many of you on, um, many listeners here on GGR know, like you've kind of followed some of the stuff that I've been doing with digital art and I just love logos and logo design. One thing that minor league baseball has started doing that I absolutely love, cause it's very similar to the foodball stuff that I did. Most minor league baseball teams now are doing this thing where they're like, we're just going to create a food logo. And it's, and, it, and they're fucking amazing. Like the Delmarva shorebirds recently did, uh, a theme night where they were the Delmarva scrapple. 
and it's a scrapple what? sandwich. Yes, it's what? so great. This and isn't I was, pretty. No, it's not pretty, but who get, like they made it adorable. It's like a cute little sandwich. He's like, hey, look at me. I'm made of pig parts and various other things. Like it's, yeah, it's it's completely adorable. Um, but yeah, a lot of teams have done that. They do a lot of scrapple things. Scrapple sandwich, yeah. Yeah, scrapple sandwich, yeah. You just saw it? Okay. <laughs> they sounds um, terrible. Oh, yeah. That. It would be disgusting, but also delicious. Um, scrapple sandwich? No, it sounds, well, I, I, I'm... Yeah, I'll happily take yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't. Yeah, we'll. Yeah, we'll. We'll. We'll take care have of it. No, have no fear. Yeah, it will not go to waste. Um, <laughs> let's jump into uh, the scrapple sandwich that is Paramount Plus's uh, newest delving into um, video games. I guess. Like, I wouldn't really say that this is. It's based on a video game, and the reason it's I call video it a, game inspired. Yes, yeah. the reason I call it a scrapple sandwich is because it seemed like it was a hodgepodge of a lot of different things. And if you're looking at it from like like way far away, like the thousand the thousand mile stare at this thing, um, it seemed like it was a mashup of a bunch of different shows, and like that was the biggest critique of it. People were like, "Oh, this is the Mandalorian. Uh, this is stupid." But if you get in closer and you actually watch the series, I don't think it was any of those things. I think there were a couple of similarities, but I want to start this off, and then I'll, I'll kind of go roundtable, and we'll start with you, Mariah, since you're our guest. Um, I really enjoyed this series. I really enjoyed this. It, it did something, and MC alluded to it before, based on the video game. It was not beholden to the lore of essentially what was an old Xbox, original Xbox video game. And they did some really great things with that. I, I thought that it was fun. I thought it was interesting. There were like two episodes that were kind of clunkers that like you probably could skip in the long run. But thankfully, they tied up a storyline that was like the most boring part of the entire thing. So we don't have to come back to it ever again. But like overall, it ends on a cliffhanger. Like, let me be clear here, folks. Spoilers. Do not listen if you have not watched it yet and you don't want spoilers. But like I thought what they did with this and the story they were telling was outstanding. Um, were there things that could have been better? Yeah. Could I see the criticisms that some of the like hardcore Halo fans would have? Yes. But I've also, we've said a million times on this podcast that like creativity with your source material is sometimes very freeing, but also can come up, can come with some amazing stories that follow. And I think that that's what they did. I think that's what they succeeded at with this show, but we'll get into detail as far as like the things that we felt were wrong with it. Um, Mariah, give us your takes on Halo. I fucking loved it. I, I just, I had, I, I enjoyed the whole ride. I loved the world building. One of the things I always struggled with the games is some of the worlds seemed anemic um, because, you know, they're focused on the engine and the gameplay. But I loved the in-depth look at the politics and um, just the decision-making and what the Spartans went through and the emotion trip or emotion pill. That was fascinating. Um, I just love the whole ride. I will agree that the Quan storyline, I think they did that one a disservice when they separated it from the Spartans, um, like the regular Spartans. I think it could have been more interesting. It just seemed to fall flat. Um, but I, I just fucking loved the whole thing. It had great villains. Halsey is creepy as hell, along with her little Irish sidekick. When he died, I think I cheered, um, which just means I'm, I'm super engaged in it, right? So and and when Among the worms, things, yeah. <laughs> right? And when and when the the flood, the worms came out of the girl, like I I cheered. Like I've I've learned something about myself. Like I really like villains, and I don't know that that means I'm a good person, and I have to come to terms with that. But I 
I, I loved when she killed everyone on that ship. So I'm sorry, everyone, if you thought I was a good person, I don't think I am anymore. But it was fun. <laughs> I loved it. I loved that, just that we got to play in that world, you know? It's been such a, a formative part of my growth as a nerd, you know? Um, and every time the theme came in uh, real heavy, it was like, it got my emotions going and I loved it. It was a good ride. Um, I wanted to comment real quick on that. Um, I think everybody had some conflicting emotions about this show because we all want to root for humanity because we, you know, we be humanity, like we're all humanity. Um, but man, they were bastards in this show. And like, there was a certain amount of you that was just kind of like, I'm actually really enjoying watching her wipe the floor with these guys and then use that cool little laser finger thing that she had. Like it was, it was, it was both cute and deadly. And I thought, I was like, oh, look at it. It's like a tiny little like uh, energy sword. And then she stabbed somebody in the face with it. And I was like, oh shit. Okay. That thing's scary. I thought it was like a letter opener or something like that. But like, <laughs> you know, like they didn't want to trust her with the big energy sword. So they gave her a tiny one. Here you go. And she's just like, look, see guys, I'm like you. Um, the humans were bastards in this series. And like, I, I thought that that made for, when you have a very black and white binary, this is good, this is bad, that sometimes works in stories, but like having that gray area makes for much more compelling storytelling in my opinion. Um, but yeah, that was, I just wanted to comment on that. Rambo, um, what say you about Halo? I don't know if this says more about the show or about me, but in the moment I enjoyed the hell out of it. I really liked it. And when Rye was talking about it, I was like, oh yeah, that was really cool. That was really cool. And it was, it was sparking memories. But when we decided we were gonna talk about this, I was like, I don't have any feelings about this whatsoever. Like, I don't really remember a whole lot of it. I was paying attention when I watched it. Um, I don't dislike it, but I, I came away from it like, that was fun. And then I looked away and it never existed. Um, but yeah, no, like now that we're talking about it again, um, I thought the things that worked worked really well. Like, um, I never gave a shit about Master Chief as a character because he wasn't really a character before. He wasn't supposed to be. He's he's, an, he's a character in so much as like Link is a character. He's there so that you can play the game. That's all, that's his whole purpose. Uh, and Master Chief's, you know, uh, kind of background is like badass. Generic, general badass to the point of like, he's just a suit of armor. Like if they had revealed at one point in those games that Master Chief isn't a person, but an AI, I was like, oh yeah, that tracks. That makes sense. Um, and the fact that you got Pablo Schreiber actually going through and um, having human emotions and experiences um, was cool. One of my favorite scenes is when he locks Halsey in the um, in the lab. Oh, the decontamination chamber. Yeah. Explaining oh. like, because because he has all this knowledge and background on like how all these things work. Um, and it 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 piggyback well, not piggybacks, but it mirrors a um one of my other favorite scenes that is very similar in uh Agents of Shield when Fitz uh locks um or no he finds that uh 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 oh what's that fucking guy's name? He ends up being a Hydra agent. Um Oh, was that the like know. the generic badass guy that you were talking about? Grant. The guy, fucking yeah. Grant. Grant. Yeah. When you when you get the reveal that Grant, who has sucked the entire show, and then he's like, "Oh, he's a secret Hydra agent," and you're like, "Oh, this is just going to excuse bad writing." Whatever. Um, <laughs> Fitz later finds that he's locked that that, that that Grant is locked inside the the um, the plane, 
and this is after he thinks like he's killed Simmons. Um, and and he's just sort of like going like Fitz has all this awful PTSD from everything Grant's done, and he's like, oh, yeah, you don't know what it's like to uh, to suffocate. I'll show you. And he just walks over to a panel and he drops the oxygen in the room down to zero, and he just stands there watching, <laughs> like seeing Chief be like, yeah, I. Uh, I have no love for you anymore. Like I never really did. I had loyalty and now you've shown yourself to be like an actual monster. So I'm happy to just watch you die. Uh, like, yeah, the whole exploration with with uh, with him and I'm blanking on her name because I don't remember most of the names of the Spartans. Um, but the other Spartan, the female Spartan that, that dug her, her like, you know. Kai, Kai, yeah, Kai. Kai yes. Um, when she popped her little motion uh, uh, chip out and was like, oh man, there's all this stuff going on. Yeah. <laughs> so excited. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the most interesting part of it. I absolutely agree that Guan's storyline ended up being like, anemic is a really good word uh, to describe that. Like it's, it's just, it's there. And I know I'm supposed to care about this revolution and I'm, I'm supposed to like, it's, I think that might be like part of the problem overall that I had with the show was when you weren't focused on, like really focused on an individual person, it kind of falls flat. Like with Chief, it works because you have like an, a, a very individual experience. Like kind of what's happening with the other Spartans is, is almost secondary. It's really about focusing on him. And with Quan, the problem I think is we're not just focused on her, we're focused on her through her experience with being on that planet and being, you know, basically like an indentured servant. And that's just not well developed enough. I like, I was genuinely surprised when they killed off the villain on the planet. Cause I was like, Oh, well one, you got a really good actor to play him, but two, he was just there to like wring his hands and be like, ooh, look how evil I am. Um <laughs> and that just I was like, oh, so we're not gonna we're gonna do anything with that. It just it's he's 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 evil in the way that um Ronan the destroy Ronan the uh, the 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 fuck. What's his name? Accuser. Guardians of the Galaxy. Accuser, accuser, thank yep. you. Um is evil. Like totally two-dimensional villain. Um just there to to like show that there's a threat um, and then gone. You're like, oh, all right. Well, I'm glad that there was an antagonist. Uh, I thought there would <laughs> be some kind of development for them. Um, but like, you know, they served their purpose. It, it, that's, that's really what it was. Like, I so rarely crave McDonald's, but when I've had it, I feel very satisfied. And then I'm done. That was parts of the show. The things like when I was when I was watching, I was into it, and then I'd come away from it and be like, "All right, so is there anything else I can do right now?" Yeah, all right, great, let's do that. It's not bad, um, but I think that if if focus was placed a little more on other characters or uh, had been more streamlined in the storytelling, it would have it would have done better. Was there enough in this first season for you to be excited about a second season? Yes, or interested, or interested at least. Interested, yes, absolutely okay. interested. I, yeah, I wouldn't I'm, say I'm excited, but I'm I am interested. I'm I'm captivated, like because the way they ended it, I'm like, oh shit, 
Like, what are they going to do with this? So I'm <laughs> I'm super excited about that. Um, MC, give us your takes, man. Uh, I kind of echo everything Rambo said. Uh, you know, you spell Halo with four words, or excuse me, four letters, but you know, mid is kind of the only thing that, that comes to mind. <laughs> like, there are things that are there are things that are like. It's not a bad show. It's not bad, but if we weren't talking about it on the podcast, I probably would not have finished it. I probably would not have watched beyond episode two. Um, and even in even in like kind of going through the the rest of the season, there were things that I liked. Um, I personally, I think Kai is the best character from season one. Oh yeah, period. Like, dude, when best, she's best act, best actor on the show and yeah. the best character on when the she's show, in the character. barracks and she's doing all the strongman competition stuff. Yeah. I fucking love that. She's like, give me another war dog. I'm gonna lift this shit. And I was just no, like, no, hell I'm yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, I, she had I, the most growth, I think, of all yeah. the characters, which is maybe why she was so interesting. Absolutely, well, and it's funny because it, she because she was focused on for so short a period too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and in that thing, man, like, which which. Makes it all more fucking frustrating. And no, ex- <laughs> like, no, that's exactly that it. Better overall. <laughs> that, that no, that that's exactly it. Like, I want like if I'm going to watch season two, I need more of her character in whatever the story is going to be. Yeah. That will get me to actually be more interested, more interested than I am currently in seeing a season two. I'm not disinterested to a point that I won't at least check out like the first couple episodes when season two comes out. But I'm not really all that all that interest all that interested. Um, all the pro- all the problems that y'all have mentioned to this point have like the Quanha story. Like, I I I really just didn't care. Like if the, if she if 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 they had just completely cut her from this entire season, I don't think. I don't think it really changes much in terms of, you know, what we got. It didn't, it, like, it didn't really do anything for me. Same with Soren's. Like, Soren was cool when he was there, but. I just, I love Bokeem Woodbine, man. No, I, like... I do too. He's also great. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I wish they had given him more, or done more with his character, because uh, they made it sound really interesting when we got kind of like that backstory with him and Chief uh, in, in, uh, in, I think it was episode two. But then, like beyond that, it was just like, okay, like that. I just didn't really. I just, I just found myself like not really caring a whole ton. Halsey was a great villain, I will say. She yeah. was also one of, one of my favorite people. Uh, whenever she was on screen, she absolutely like stole scenes for me. I absolutely enjoyed her, and in fact, I would put her on the list of things I'm interested in seeing in season two as well because yeah. of what happened. What happened at the at the very end. Um, I did. I did think the stuff they did with Master Chief was also was interesting, um, even though like I'm I'm not familiar with Halo lore. Like my knowledge of the series really comes through other other people, but even with what I did know of it, he didn't like as Rambo said, he didn't seem like a person in the game lore. And I do think like I'm someone who is of the opinion that you can get like having multiple versions of characters is a good thing. I'm a Sonic fan. There are at least four different versions of Sonic that exist. All of them, not my favorite, but I'm okay with all of them existing because they all mean something to the people that enjoy them. And I feel the same thing with this here. I don't particularly care whether or not Master Chief is like the character from any part of the games. I think what they did here with him is interesting in this this, uh, idea of him trying to figure out his humanity and 
what that what that exactly means to his character since he's essentially been a, like a soldier like up to this point um i think so yeah i think there are interesting elements um there there are interesting concepts that were in the show um i just don't think many of them were were pulled off extremely well but i don't think it was necessarily bad and i wouldn't say that this is a show like that's not worth watching if you are interested in you know in in diving into any type of halo lore altogether but it was just it was it was just kind of mid to me the action scenes were great i will i will give it that yeah, yeah i did, I did like i did like the, the and i did like how there were those moments where they would pan the camera from the like the the wider shots you get kind of like the game shot where you're seeing everything from the perspective yes. of the character that was also that. really fucking dope there were that was really cool there were so many, and I pointed this uh, out to you guys uh, when we first started discussing this, in that first episode, and in some of the subsequent episodes when you get actual fight scenes from the first person perspective, there's sound yes. effects that are exactly the yeah. same as the video game. Yes. Like at one point, like Chief's armor or his shield goes down and it's yes. going beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, get cover, get cover so your shield can regenerate. And like, yeah, I felt my fingers twitching, like yeah, trying, right? to, trying to move them. Yeah, hang on, hang on, right trigger, right trigger, right trigger. Yeah, like it was, <laughs> I really yeah. enjoyed that aspect of it. It was, and that's the thing is like, you didn't need that for the story or to have played the game to understand that. But it was yeah. just a nice little, like, I, I get to experience this and anybody else who played it gets to experience this uh, as well. Um, I'm, one of I'm the things, the, go ahead. One of the things like MC, what you were talking about, the the lore of, of Halo, I've struggled with just retaining it as I play the games because I'm so focused on killing things. So like, I'll play the whole game and be like, I think there was a story there. I don't remember any of it. Maybe I should go to Wikipedia. But what I loved about the series was it mm -hmm. helped give a frame for everything, at least right. this one part of the story. Also, it was neat to see Cortana grow. Yeah. Of yeah, all yeah. of the- I like, it was really all these Cortana. Yeah, so you had Halsey, you had, um, Kai and you had Cortana as the only characters who had any kind of real arc. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think as far as Quan is concerned, I think they're setting up something in the next season. I think yeah. a lot of this was introduction. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that season two will, you know, capitalize on some of the stuff that they didn't do very well. That's my I, hope. I will That's say this. I will say this. I am disappointed. Um, and you guys mentioned it, um, Rambo, you particularly, because honestly, if you would put a uh, a top hat and a diabolical mustache <laughs> on Venture Grath, it would have been the same thing. And it pisses me off because Bern Gorman is a goddamn great actor. And he was, he was in a series that I absolutely loved called Turn, um, Washington Spies where he plays a British officer and he was fucking phenomenal in that series. And like, just to see him essentially just be like, man, I'm going to get you Quan. And I'm just like, man, come on. Like he, he could have done so much more. And he literally was just, he was a video game villain and not even a boss. He was like a mid boss. It was just like, well, I got to kill him before I get to the bigger boss. Like, all right, cool, fine. It just felt yeah. like a wasted character um, on the, go ahead. I was going to say that's one one of the <clears throat> articles I've read. I read about the finale from Polygon. Kind of breaks that. Kind of mentions that same thing. Is that with like the big bad, like you don't feel the looming threat like at any point over the course of the show. So it doesn't yeah. feel like there are like it, it doesn't like it doesn't feel like there's a there's, there's a real threat when you eventually run into the run into him at the end. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that when you look at it, the main villain of this series is Halsey. And like, yeah. we don't get any resolution with that. And like, a credit to the actress who played Halsey, she seems so convinced of what she's doing is right. And that's this hallmark of a really, really good villain. Like Magneto is the one I always go to. Magneto thinks ex what he's doing is exactly right and that everything ju is justified. What I'm doing is the right thing and I don't care who gets in the way. And that's the same way Halsey was. And I'll tell you, man, like I, I let my guard down and like when they capture her and then she starts having a seizure, I'm like, oh no, she died. Oh no, they're never going to get the answers. And I'm like, fuck, she's a Flash clone. God damn it. I was so <laughs> mad. I was like, she got away. Like it was... It, it it grabbed me enough that I want to see more. And honestly, like, if, if you're a huge Halo lore fan, uh, to Mariah's point, like, it's, it was hard to focus because you're just like, well, there's story going on, but I got to throw a plasma bomb at this giant, like, member of the Flood or I'm toast. Like, you're, not paying, you're not paying attention to this stuff. And, like, I'm so glad. I, I know there were people that were pissed off about it. Master Chief shouldn't have taken his helmet off. I don't give a shit. Take his helmet off. Like, because by taking his helmet off, that's super symbolic because it's saying this is a story about the dude, not the avatar, not the um, the first person representative for the player. Like, you need to know who this character is, not the representation of what you're seeing on the screen as you, you know, you, you frag a bunch of guys running around screaming that the demon is coming. Like, yeah. there's so much more that you needed. And like... I used to I used to shit on Pablo Schreiber because I always called him porn stash. From, what? Yeah, well, because that's who he played in um, Orange is the New Black, Black, right? Yeah. Oh, I and never was, saw that. It was the same thing where, like, if you you know how sometimes well, you guys may not do this, but I'm I'm an asshole, and I'll refer to an actor as the one famous role that they played. Like, I won't do that anymore with Pablo Schreiber because he's now Pablo Schreiber. Like his performance yeah. in this, and like maybe a little bit of this rings true for me being in the military. Cause I've talked to you guys about this before. There's a certain amount of you being in the military where you do have to shut your emotions off because you see some shit yeah. and you deal with some shit. And the only way for you to really function with it is just kind of shut yourself off. And like turning that back on is really hard. And like you sometimes go a little too far. Like your emotions get the best of you because it's that overcorrection thing we talked about. You know, the right. pendulum swings one way and then it swings the other way to overcorrect. And really the right answer is somewhere in between. But like watching Kai and watching Master Chief deal with this was like, I'm watching this and I'm like, yep, get it. Mm -hmm, totally get it. Because at, at various points, I don't know if you guys did this, when they were in those battle scenes and they really weren't functioning at peak performance in battle, you're thinking to yourself, man, it would be better if they just shut their emotions off, wouldn't it? Yeah. They would be I more mean, effective. They're yeah. more efficient soldiers. Yeah. 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 And you're you're yeah. like it, it for me, I'm thinking that and I'm just like, whew, that's a dark thought. All right. Yeah. Like <laughs> I mean, because it, it's it's an efficient soldier is not a human being. Like war is not a thing people should be doing to each other. Because <laughs> like, you shouldn't be so like we shouldn't all meet up and like a given space and try to murder strangers like that's not a thing that human beings should do um and our um inherent you know humanity <laughs> gets in the way of it yeah um so, so yeah, how do you fix that thing. remove their humanity yeah exactly right. yeah. yeah 
Um, How did Chief become the, the most amazing video game character of all time in that last episode was when he shut down and let the AI take over. Mm -hmm. Does it, did it ever piss you off guys in video games when you're like, why is the computer so much better at this than I am? <laughs> They're programmed to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By the way, did you guys ever see the guy who did the voiceovers for Master Chief? No. He was, he was actually a radio DJ. He may still be, I don't know. I haven't kept tabs, but um, I saw a special where they were showing him do his work and he's like, he does a line and he says, well, that's it. And it was such a letdown because Master Chief is just so sexy in the game and that voice is just awesome. <laughs> and I'm like, here's this six-year-old guy and he says his line and like, there's no body, anything, no tension. And he just, it comes out of his mouth like air and he goes, oh, that's it. I'm, I'm looking so at I him now too. I was super happy. I was super happy to have somebody fill that void because one thing that he represents pablo is every man you know it's every man's search for emotions when you're when you're facing your struggles it's every man's mm -hmm. search for your past and connection and how to face your struggles and so i think they really played on that especially incorporating you looking at the heads up display you know and all that it, it i dug it it was yeah. a nice replacement for the the voiceover dude who is and now stuck yeah. in my head and Steve a big Downs. shout out. Yeah, That's Steve Downs. Name. And boy, does he look nothing like, like he, this is just a skinny looks like dude. A dude. <laughs> he just looks like a dude. I can, I can see where <laughs> seeing that voice would be disappointing. Uh, shout out to Pablo Schreiber. Um, also shout out to, and I got to look her up real quick. The actress who played Kai. Well, honestly, all of the Spartans and uh, even, Bo even Bokeem Woodbine. Them dudes are jacked. Like every yeah. single one of them, like just shredded. Like Pablo Schreiber was just like, hey, does anybody want nachos? Let me grate this cheese on my abs. Like I was like, damn, dude. I saw, yeah, I saw a still he put up on Instagram when he was prepping for the show. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like that dude got big. That's um, commitment. Well, I mean, and like, you, I, I never thought about how tall he was. He's six foot five. Oh, wow. That's a big boy. Yeah. <laughs> like all, all yeah. of the, the you know, um, all the Spartans are six. Kate Kennedy is six three. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> big, beautiful motherfuckers. Um, all of them. Just yeah. So, I, yeah, something, <laughs> <laughs> so something that's really interesting is like we're all talking all these things about the show, right? And there's mm -hmm. all these things that we're all agreeing that are not just like okay, but really like genuinely good mm -hmm. individual parts. And I think that's what it is. The show is really good at setting something up and then paying that off, but not anything in the middle. The middle part, yeah. And the 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 things like like Kai works really well because she like like Mariah said she does have a complete arc. She is someone who goes from one end of the spectrum to another, but so much of the things were just like, okay, this is important. All right, now it's now we've handled the important thing. Oh, okay. I I like uh, uh was it Maki is the yeah. Uh, yeah. So, which ironically, her real name is Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy, Charlie yes, Murphy it is. Yeah. and I and I can't hear that without hearing the Rick I, James Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. Like, <laughs> um, I wish we had gotten more with with her um, with the Covenant because her change. Because at first, like by the end of the show, I was like, now I'm not sure if she was like fucking with Master Chief the whole time. 
or I mean, she genuinely well, felt she, those emotions. She was fucking she was. Was. as a team, oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and Cortana watched. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> arguably may have experienced. Um, yes. she, she might have been pinch hitting for him at various points, yeah. Like, <laughs> what about hard drives? Every, every sexual experience with Master Chief is a three-way. Um, <laughs> oh, and it was so good it inspired her to betray Halsey. So, you right. know. I'm sorry. I just had too much sweet, sweet sex. <laughs> listen, listen Halsey, you. I know I'm created in your image and all, but yeah. yo. Yeah. <laughs> you were in my position. You'd understand. Hey, oh. Um, but no, so, like, like, like <laughs> Maki's character goes so quickly from. Uh, I am I am loyal to the covenant and fuck humanity. And then she meets Master Chief and she's like, hey, you're like me. And I would have been the same way. I would have been like, hey. I'm not, so I mean, quick, but it, it didn't feel it didn't feel fake. And I know I agree. I, I think that's what it is. If, if this show, like usually the complaints with these kind of things is like, oh, they need to cut like two or three episodes. I think this one needed like two or three more. Yeah. It felt like there was Agreed. a middle missing yeah. for a lot of things. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely curious to see more of it. Yeah. I hope that they give things time to breathe a little bit. Um, and I wonder how much of it, it being only nine episodes had to do with like, there's no way the show wasn't stupid expensive. I think it's like episode oh, it had to have six or seven, where there's that the huge action sequence when they're trying to get the uh, the other artifact. Um, yeah, it was. It, I'm I'm sure I can find it too. I um, um I, I wanted to speak on the whole McKee. Um, Master Chief thing I thought was really interesting Ooh, about that. Ninety million. Yeah. What? 90, yeah. ninety million. I'm seeing between ninety and two hundred. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good gosh. It's only cost mean, ten million per episode. I gotta say though that that money was worth it because it, it that was an incredible set of action se- sequences that they did for that show. One more thing I will yeah. say I really was impressed with was. Um, I haven't played a lot of Halo, but the ones that I've played have ended up being like very cartoony in so much as I mean like not grounded violence. Um, lots of like bright colors and 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 mm-hmm. you know you shoot somebody and they're like okay now they're dead. When you when you hear the description of how like what a needler is and then you see it actually function, the the degree to which they they showcase the violence in this, I was like. Oh yeah, no. These are super soldiers fighting aliens that are murdering humans and like ripping people apart, cutting people in half. And like the Nuller's like, yeah. oh yeah, it's like crystalline things, and they shoot into you, and then they explode, and they do it. And you're like, oh, that guy got blew the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> like and like uh, uh, when Maki, like when she removes her uh, her Ooh. little finger knife i Ooh. couldn't watch oh, oh. brutal no yeah me and katie watch it and katie's just like no tell me when it's done just tell me when it's done yep. <laughs> that and the the piercing in the eye of the clone no oh. i couldn't watch that one either Ooh. yeah oh, that bothered yeah. the yeah. hell out of me that was, was the, rough yeah um the maquis john 117 connection i thought that the whole story like first off she was an orphan that was abandoned and the covenant for the most part saved her because she has this weird power and like there's kind of a star wars parallel there too with the way that the jedi are treated and like young younglings are just grabbed and if you're not of value fuck it you're gonna die on this trash planet like 
for her to be involved with the covenant, but the covenant like kind of keeping her in a box and being like, you're the blessed one and you're great and you're wonderful, but we're going to kill you when you've served your purpose and we're going to get rid of you. Um, so I think she kind of got that and she understood that she knew that she was one of them, but not one of them. And because of that, she also doesn't feel like she's one of humanity. She's one of them, but not one of them. And I feel like John probably feels the exact same way. I'm a human, but I'm not really a human because they keep me in a box until they need me to fight a battle. And like the fact that they both have this special ability to connect with these artifacts, like it's a kindred spirit thing immediately. And mm -hmm. there's probably a little bit of trauma bonding there too, where they're both oh, like, absolutely. man, we've both been treated like shit. So like it totally made sense. Cause like, I'm sure that there were people I actually read some reviews where were like, I can't believe they made them hook up. You know, Master Chief's not supposed to be boning people. And I'm like, boy, are you guys not watching this story? Because it makes it's total not sense. Like exactly. he's, he's a soldier, not a monk. Big difference. Yeah. yeah. And like, I, I thought that it was, God, that was tragic. Like her getting, seeing her die sucked. I was hoping that we were going to get to see more from her because I really liked her character and where they were going with it. Um, but like now that Master Chief is essentially like in sleep mode because Cortana's running the show. I'm just like, I'm wondering if he's going to deal with that because like it was in the heat of the battle that he saw it happen and he only got to see it for a second until it was like lights out and then Cortana's running the show because like, I feel like that connection was important to both of them. And like, again, that that's another layer. Again, like you said, all these great pieces, but they're still missing that like big thing to tie it all together like I, if they make halsey more of like a bigger villain because if it's going to follow what the video games are doing first off the planet reach is fucked because the covenant like completely wipes out reach it's so true. like yeah there's that like chief is the only spartan left in the main story of, of the halo video games also um, true and then like if i remember correctly like essentially cortana goes rogue and basically like tries to like wipe out all of humanity because she's trying to become the new bigger life form like the new like dominant oh, species <laughs> yeah that's that's after she loses her mind because she uh faces rampancy yeah yeah so there's i don't but that's the thing is like that's what makes this series great is we have no idea if they're going to follow the video game storylines they could just do whatever the fuck they want and honestly i'm for it like fucking do it like give these characters some depth like i actually love kai now like i i never gave a crap about any of the other spartans before like i actually think john is an interesting character as opposed to like like you said rambo yeah. like link he's just he's our connection to playing this video game now he's this person that i give a shit about and like when you find out the tragic backstory of all these kids and again, too, same Jedi tie, let's steal them from their parents, except now it's a little bit more insidious where it's like, we're gonna replace them with a clone that's gonna die of some weird seizure disorder. Like, how fucked up is that? Like, well, we like, gotta close the loop so they don't know that there's any kids that they don't have. Oh, we'll just have them die tragically in front of them. Which means yes. they had to like create the clones who then did they, I guess they wouldn't have known like the logistics of this is super insidious. Oh yeah. yeah. By it's the way, by the way, monstrous. at what point did at what point did she switch places with the clone? That's what I haven't been able to figure out. Yeah, I'm assuming it's when she was in like self isolation when well, they had her like stuck in that apartment or whatever it was. And then like the clone that she used the brain for knew that they were going to die and they didn't want to die so did this clone 
want to take her place? Like, was there a sense of noble whatever? Noble purpose. Noble, yeah. yeah, noble purpose. Like, these are the things that I sat back. Like, I actually thought about it for a while afterwards. Like, hmm, are they going to explain this or are they just going to leave it out there so that the gimmick stands? I, I, it'll probably be one of those things that they'll they'll get back to much later. Like, a comparison you I, I would draw is kind of like what they did with um, uh, Nick Fury uh, at the end of... Um, Infinity War, when we know he was snapped, but now this secret invasion show is coming out. And because of the events of, what is it, Spider-Man, we know that Talos had taken his place. And that's something that I don't think that they probably did going into it, but now they kind of reflectively like, oh yeah, no, that actually wasn't Nick Fury, it was this. So my guess is probably sometime in season two, like they probably just don't have it figured out now, but they'll figure out some point during a future season, but they'll be like, oh yeah, no, this is the exact point when she when she swapped, when she switched. Sounds good. And they can also explain mm -hmm. while they're at it why the spark showed up with Quan's father at that one trippy yeah. moment that Quan was having out in the desert, which didn't seem tethered to anything except for spark showing up. Yeah, that was yeah. odd. But By the way, we say in our family, um, Dave will go around and say, <laughs> I am a genius, just randomly. <laughs> We're that kind of family. It's a good move. It's a good right. move. Yeah, I think we, I think every every nerdy family does that in some way, shape, or form. We quote something. Um, we um, I was I was really tickled with it. Um, the um, Dan Povenmire, one of the creators of uh, Phineas and Ferb, is on TikTok, and his TikToks are so funny. It's literally like somebody during the uh, and we're not going to go into detail about the trial itself, but like the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, there was a psychologist that sounded a lot like Doofenshmirtz and everybody was like, hey, you got to do oh, this yeah. Doofenshmirtz. And then he did it and it was guy. so funny. We quote Doofenshmirtz in this house all the time. Like there was an episode where he was talking about like, he was like, I was half asleep and I wrote down the word big laundry. Like, does that mean that I have a lot of laundry or is the laundry itself big? Like we quote big laundry all the time in this house. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, um, <laughs> Thank you for listening to our lovely Halo dis uh, discussion that we had here. Uh, big thanks to MC Brooks, to James Rambo, um, to Miss Mariah Beachboard. We appreciate you. Mariah, give the fans a plug about um, your wonderful podcast that you have here on the Great Geek Refuge. Uh, you can find us on Apple um, at uh, FedCon. And we are we also have a Gmail, federationconversations at gmail.com. And we're on Insta. Um, yeah, so check us out. We're awesome. At least I think so. Is that I a agree. good enough plug? Oh, that was great. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. If you like Star Trek, if you like inclusivity, if you like all the stuff the new the new Trek is doing, check it out. It's good stuff. I enjoy it. Um, in fact, big shout out to y'all. Um, almost at nine thousand subscribers already, and you've only been um having your own feed for about a month. So that's really really impressive. Yeah, you guys should be real proud of what you're doing. Uh, I'm real proud of, of what y'all are doing. So. Um, yeah, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We're going to be talking on Star Wars, uh, Obi-Wan. Um, holy shit. Um, I'll just give you that little teaser. Uh, the last episode was nuts. So for all of us here at the Great Geek Refuge, thank you. We love you. We appreciate you. Keep subscribing. Keep following. Telling your friends and your family. And remember, together, there are no heights that we can't reach. Thank you for listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. 
This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! Put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet!